Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the reason there's three people here is because their questions are quite linked and it's something that we believe is really on the heart of many people. So um, we're going to start with Jose from Mexico. Esta pregunta la hago so la Jose de from Mexico is Amado, asking, first of all, he, he quoted the Bible, the book of um, Third John, 3 John verse, um, chapter 1, verse 2, where it says, Dear friend, friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I think in some translations um, it talks about prospering. You know, you're not just um, in good health, but prospering in everything that has to do with you and in your soul. Um, so the question that he has, he was mentioning that as believers, um, he wants to know why, if this is God's will for us to prosper in all ways, why do we find ourselves so many times um, striving and finding ourselves with difficulty after difficulty, um, challenge after challenge, and also people who may not um, hold the Bible as their, as their um, standard. They, they, they may be unbelievers, yet things seem to be going well with them, and um, they seem to be prospering. <laughs> I think that that's a question that um, is is close to the heart of many people. And thank you for the sincerity of um, our, our brother here from Mexico who asked that question. So um, before we actually go into that, we want to hear from Pule from Zambia. Why uh, does God allow Christian to suffer? So let's just hear from Maria. Maria is joining us from the UK. My question is, um, does God hear our inner cry when our struggles are always before us and we find ourselves failing to pray? Oh, what questions? Thank you. Let us pray first before we answer this question. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We are in your presence, Lord. Let answer come from you. You are the creator of heavens and the earth. Father, thousands are watching. You know their heart, you know their mind, you know the way they are going through. Let answer come from you. When your answer comes, solution come and peace come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. First, I will come to our brother from Mexico. His name is? Jose. Jose? Mm -hmm. Yes, Jose quoted the third uh, John chapter 1, verse 2, which we know very well. That's a beloved. I wish that you prosper in all things. Take note. Prospering in all things, in all ways, mean in all department of your life. In good health, just as your soul prospers. If we look at that scripture clearly, I can tell all of you, listen to me, no matter what the sense evidence is telling you, it is the will of God for us to prosper unquestionable. It is his will for us to prosper spiritually, emotionally, physically. That's the reason why Jesus came. He came to do three things in our lives. First, to deliver us spiritually from the hand of the greatest enemy, which is sin and the enemy. He came by, God has removed us from the kingdom of darkness and placed us into the kingdom of his son, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of peace, the kingdom of joy. And second, Jesus came to deliver us mentally and emotionally from being ruled by our senses. And that's another issue. Today, many go through difficult situations, we know. Suffering is a reality. Tests and trials are realities of life. And God never promised to keep us away from it. Even Jesus emphasized in John 16, 33, I did, oh no, in this world, there will be tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world for you. To whom were the Lord speaking to? To believers. So third, Jesus came to deliver us physically. When I say physically, from sickness, from disease, from lack and want. 
means it is the will of God for us to prosper in every areas of our lives. But today, some prosper spiritually, but in other departments of their life, they face trouble. Some prosper materially, financially, but their spiritual life is in darkness. The question is, the Bible says we should live life in ascending order, not descending order. What do I mean by that? When God looks at you and me, his concern, his priority is our spiritual life. First, Jesus said, do not worry what to eat, what to wear. Do not fear about tomorrow. For each day has its own trouble. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what he said. And every other thing shall be given to you. I mean his priority first is your spirit. And every other thing shall come. That's what I call ascending order. When God looks at you and me, he looks at our heart. And Jesus said something we need to take into consideration. What profit is for man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Jesus came for a purpose. What is it? For you first to prosper in your spiritual life. And you have heard the teachings of our father prophet T.B. Joshua about it. And he said, it is your spiritual life that is the foundation that carries all the blessings of God in your life. If you prosper financially, materially, in other side, whereas your spiritual life is in bondage, that prosperity will not last. Today we see people that prosper today. Don't envy anyone. Many who were rich yesterday, today are in poverty. Many who you see in peace tomorrow, you find them in trouble. Why? Because the blessings of this world are a fading thing. So the life that carries it. What does this mean? When you are building a house, you lay down first the foundation. If the foundation is on a rock, it will stand. If you build your house on the rock, the Lord said in Matthew chapter 7, from verse 20 to 24, you read, he said, a wise man is going to build his house, not on the sand, but on the rock. So when the wind comes and blows through that house, the wind will come. He never say if, he say when. I mean, tests and trials will come to check your blessing. So the question is, if you are blessed and you don't recognize the source of your blessings, when those blessings are put into test, how will you react? And today, the question of my sister said, does God hear the cry of our heart? Yes, definitely yes. The people of Israel were suffering for four generations in Egypt, right? But God was aware of that. God has an appointed time for everything in your life because life is in ascending order. Before God pour, you see this bottle of water? Before you put the water in this bottle, first you need, you need a bottle, you need a vessel. And this vessel is very important to God. If the vessel is not suitable, where, who will contain the water? If this vessel is dirty, no matter how pure the water is, nobody will drink it. So God first has to lay down a foundation. This vessel is you and me. It's what? Character. It is our character that carries and maintains all the blessings we receive from God. Abraham was not poor. <laughs> but God said, all the nations of the world shall be blessed in you and your seed. But before the blessings come, God will test you to see how you handle the blessings. 
Today, unfortunately, many have money, but the money dictates the direction of the actions of everything they do. Money dictates where to live. Money dictates the type of friends they should have. Money dictates what they're able to do. Uh, tomorrow I'm going this, I'm going to do that. But the source of the money should dictate your plan and actions, not the money itself. And people end up having their money, spending them instead of them selling them, spending their money. So what is the, what is the attitude of God towards us concerning blessing? God wants you to prosper spiritually. First, before you prosper materially. Let me give you two examples. Let's take the case of Job, we all know. Job was a rich man, a man of noble character, with wealth, status, respected by everyone, with wisdom. But today, the devil came to God and said, ah, this man, huh, it's easy for him to, to, to uh, for you to praise him because you give him everything. He has money, he has popularity, and you protect him. That's what he said. He's saying that what is the foundation of your faith? What is the foundation of our belief? That is the rock. That is the foundation. I don't believe in my body. I don't believe in my mind. I believe in my heart. Your heart. That's the foundation. Your heart. That's the priority God is looking at. In the book of Revelation chapter 3 from verse 14 to 15, Jesus said, you said, you are rich. You have everything. You don't need everything. But Jesus said, you don't know that you are poor. You are blind. You are miserable. Come to me and you will see. To answer those three questions, and my brother said, why is it that Christians seem to suffer and we see unbelieving prospering in their lives? All right. Let me answer you by taking it one by one. The issue of suffering, everybody hurts somewhere. Not just Christian, unbelievers. Suffering does not require your belief before it comes. Suffering does not look at your color. When this pandemic came, the whole world was under suffering. Everybody suffered. Countries suffer. Individuals suffered. Children, everybody went through the tests and trials. Everybody. Go to the hospital and see that sickness has no respect of class, dignity, or belief. It can strike anyone. So what I want to say to you, the issue is not suffering. The issue is not prosperity. The issue is who is your source? The issue is how do we respond to wealth? How do we respond to blessing? How do we respond to suffering? And that's the big difference. As a Christian, when blessings come, you should not forget where you're coming from. You should not forget your God. When God blesses you, you are blessed to bless others. When God wants you to prosper, you are prospering to prosper others. For the gift of God, you receive freely by grace, and you give free to others. If you are a Christian, your source is God, your faith, your belief is not on the blessings. And that is the issue. If I base my faith or the reward of faith only on money, on popularity, on fame, on good health, that faith will have nothing to stand on when that blessing is tested. The test of time. Before God blessed Abraham, he put him to the test. He said to him, well, you'll be father of nations. He was barren, and the wife was barren. Then God made a promise that he will bless him. Genesis 15, verse 6. Look at the stars. Such will be your descendant. <laughs> and God made a promise when the man was too old to have a child, when the wife was too old to bear a child. God did it. 
And he believed in his heart. And the blessing came. When the blessing came, God did something that seemed strange. How can a man who suffered barrenness and God promised that nations will born from him ask him, your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, go to the mountain, I'll show you, and offer him to sacrifice. That's what God said to him. Hmm? <laughs> if God gave you something, and tomorrow something contrary seems to come, what would be your reaction? Abraham could have said to God, but God, you say, generation will be born from me. This is the only son I have. How can you ask me to sacrifice myself? If Abraham has reacted as we act today, basing our faith on the blessing, <laughs> Abraham would have seen God in a bad light. Or certainly he may have disobeyed God's instruction. But he never did. Why? Because he recognized God as his source. Abraham loved nothing in comparison to God. We Christians, we should remember what the word says. When the blessings come, do not allow those blessings to take your heart and your mind away from your God. There are many people who came to church who were blessed. And at the end of the day, the blessings went away. Why? Because of the way they handled the blessings. That is why God takes his time to prepare you before he blesses you. If you have not tested poverty, how will you be able to handle the blessings and prosperity when it comes? That's the question. If you have not gone through sickness and disease, how will you value good health and maintain your life? If you have not experienced darkness, how will you see the value of light? That's the process of God. God always processes our character before we receive his blessings. Because it's your character that maintains the blessing. The issue is not to be blessed. The issue is maintenance. What is maintenance? To live a life of prosperity, spirit, soul, and body throughout your lifetime. So, God always see your spirit first. Because it's your spiritual life that maintains and carries all the blessings. Abraham took his son and went because he knew that this boy was given to him by God. And God is a source. So he went and obeyed. He never queried God. He knew at that age it is impossible for him to have the child. He loved nothing, nothing in comparison to God Almighty. Because God was his source. His faith was rested in God. So, Abraham faith, the Christian faith, the Christian belief, Christ's standard of faith is not on the blessings, is not on good health, is not on the things on the outside. Christ's standard of faith is in God Almighty. Have faith in God as your source. When you have faith in God, you embrace and you accept his ways. For his ways are not our ways. God has what we call a process. If you want to be the man God wants you to be, prosperous in all areas of your life, you have to go through the processing of the blessing, through the processing of God. You can't just start building a building, a building, a, a, a house. You have a plan, you have materials, and how you build it. So, first and foremost, Jesus wants to bless you with the blessing that you maintain all your life. First, the blessings of Jesus Christ enrich your spirit, your soul, and your body. First, it enriches your soul for eternity. 
if God is my source and God is my father and my provider, I will never lack. If God is a source of my strength, the source of my life, my heartbeat, who raises sun over everybody, who gives us the air we breathe, we never ascribe anything good to God. When everything is fine, we don't say thank you, Jesus. But when we go through hard time, immediately we begin to see God in a bad light. When you prosper spiritually, God will prosper you in other areas. Why? Because he knows that when he gives you something, that thing will not keep you away from, his, from, your, from your creator. If God knows that if you are blessed financially, and that money can take you to lose your salvation and to go to the way of perdition, God may stop it. God may block it until you are fit for it. So, Abraham obeyed. And when he raised his knife, God stopped him. It is the will of God for us to be blessed spiritually, emotionally, in all areas. I'm telling you the truth. That's the heart of God. That's the mind of God. But the question is, when you are going through the process of God, some are in the process of being melted, some in the process of being filled, some in the process of being, being changed within. When we come from the world and you become a Christian, immediately your perspective should change. Whatever you do should be for God's sake. So what God is doing, God is working on our character. Because we all know, all high places are slippery places. Watch the news to say today. You will see people that matters. People that are in a position of authority, of wealth, in big, big trouble. Trouble they cannot handle. Our succeed, our greatest achievement on the outside will make a mark for Satan to shoot at you. He knows that. When he tests your blessing, will you be able to maintain it? How will you maintain it? You can only maintain it when you are prospered spiritually. When you recognize God as your source. When you see the blessing for the glory of God. And the blessing will never lead you to act out of God's will. When you see your blessing as a means of blessing others, God will make you to prosper. David said, I was young, I was old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children beg their bread. Never in the book of Psalms. So, the process is, when you come to God, and you receive plan, vision, and revelation from God, and you believe God for your blessing, you have to submit to God. You have to do his will. Whatever you do, you allow God to dictate your direction, not the money. You may have money, but you want to buy a house. Do you ask God, should I buy it? What should I do, Lord? What do you want me to do with it? And God will direct you on how to use it. But no. Anytime we have it, we have our own plan. We have our own ways. Look at Solomon, the wisest man. He came to God and said, I'm a young person, Lord. I don't help me with wisdom to judge your people. And God said to him, Okay, you didn't ask me money. I will give you wisdom. Mean he wanted to prosper spiritually first. Rightful judgment. Character. That's what you need to rule for righteousness. And God saying, because you have not asked me the life of your enemy, I will give you what you have not asked. He never asked for money. God said, I will give you money more than anybody else. And he become prosperous in all ways of life. Job. When the situation came, suffering came, he never allowed the suffering to take his mind off his creator. He never saw God in a bad light. He said, God has given me. The Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He recognized God as his source. His faith was not on the blessings, but on God, the source of all the blessings. And what happened next? He endured. So sometimes in our life, God may allow pain, suffering, situations to come for a purpose. To build us, to build our character. When you, your character is built, 
and you know pass through suffering and when you get out of it when you see somebody who suffer you will feel compassion to the others when you go through darkness and you see the light you will appreciate it you will know how to maintain it you must know what it takes to be sick to maintain good health when it comes you must know what it takes to go through the darkness to appreciate the light when it comes God never prepared Joseph at 17 years old to go to the throne of Egypt. Never. The dream came when he was 17 years old. But it took a process of 13 years through suffering before God put him to a position of honor to build his character. God knew that time will come in the future that this young man God will use him to a position of high leadership for the nations of Egypt and for the whole region. God has to prepare that way. Him, his character to be fit in humility, in compassion, in management, before God put him to the throne. To build the vessel in humility, God has to allow him to be in a dry pit. What is dry pit? No food, no water. Because the people he will attend you later will have no food, no water one day. He has to go through the experience. He finds himself in slavery in the house of Potiphar. If you look at the situation that people had nothing, they sold their field and sold themselves as slaves to Pharaoh to survive for food. When he was in a position of slavery, temptation came. And that's what I want to say today. That you are a Christian? Doesn't mean temptation will not come. That you are a Christian doesn't mean poverty may not come. A man may be sick and be a friend of God. A man may be poor and be a candidate of heaven. Ask poor James, poor Lazarus in the Bible. So, what is the basis of our faith? We should recognize in every situation we, we, we go through. What is God's opinion about it first before we begin to murmur? Before we begin to lament, before we begin to see God in the bad light, why do we find it difficult? And the question my brother asked me is because we have the natural tendency to measure ourselves by ourselves. What do I mean by that? Oh, you look at your own strength, your own capacity. I've never done something bad. I never done anything. Why me this Lord? Why me all this trouble? I go to church, I pray, I'm faithful, Lord. Why me this trouble? But you never say, why me is this blessing? We compare ourselves with others. And that's exactly what happened. You see somebody prosper in his own way. Do you know the source of his blessing? Do you know the source of that blessing? You look on the outside and you want to admire that person. Do you know what is going in his heart? Do you know the trouble he has when that person is between four walls? The money cannot speak to him. Money cannot solve it. They may face challenges that their wealth cannot solve. God is a God of process. The processing of God is important. It's more valuable than the result. If you go through God's processing, and when the result comes, you know how to maintain it. You know how to live a contented life. That money will not take your mind off your creator. Take your time off your creator. Because money attracts his own friends. When you have much day, many people don't come to you. You have peace. You read your Bible. But tomorrow, you have money. You will have faith. All of, you have friends all over. And we know unfaithful friends are epidemic. You will attract all sorts of people. People may come to your table, not because they love you, but because what they expect from you. The question is, prophet teaches respect, respect for use of God's blessings. How do you use the blessings of God? So, don't compare yourself with anyone, because the way and manner God executes his plan in our life differs. Your time of suffering, <laughs> May be different from his. He's prospering. But tomorrow, who will laugh at last? That's what the Bible says. It's better the end of a thing than it's the beginning. The beginner is the owner, but the finisher. Many who are rich yesterday are poor today. 
right? So don't judge. Don't base your faith on the evidence on the outside. No, God never asked you to do so. The first thing God wants you is to prosper spiritually. Spiritually means your faith be grounded in God as your creator. When you prosper spiritually, whatever blessing you have will increase, will never affect your relationship with God. And that's what I want to warn you against the God of his age, Satan, Mamo, wealth. When he tempted Jesus, he took him to a high place and showed him all the kingdoms of this world and their glory and said to Jesus, Worship me, I will give you all these. <laughs> and Jesus said, You shall worship the Lord, only your God. Satan, was, Satan can give you blessing. We all know his blessings. <laughs> but Jesus said, I will give you my blessing, not as the world gives. The blessing of Jesus comes with peace of heart. But if Satan gives you something with the right hand, he will take with the left hand something your life depends on. He never gives you something for free. Never. The question is, who is your source? God. The question is, you must know God's opinion about yourself and others. You must know God's opinion about your life. Stop measuring your Christian life by your situation. That's, if you focus on your situation, what will happen? Your focus will break. The fact you have affliction on your body, Job had affliction in his body that came from Satan, that does not mean he was possessed. He wasn't possessed. God allowed it to happen for a purpose. This is what we call unchangeable event. Unchangeable what? Events. What does it mean? There are events that God in his mercy permit to happen to us for a purpose. To reform us. To train us. To strengthen our faith, to teach us the path of humility, to depend on God, to pray the more, to come closer to Him. Job's sickness was an unchangeable event. Unchangeable event, when it comes, your prayer will not change it. Your fasting cannot change it. God allowed for the purpose to look at the state of your heart, to build you up. Jesus at the cross prayed for the cup to be taken away. It was an unchangeable event. And he understood the will of the Father and went to the cross. Sarah was barren. Rebecca was barren. Rachel was barren. These were unchangeable events that God allows in your life. Without that unchangeable event, where will you be today? Who knows what would have happened to you if your prayer for a better answer has been answered, for a better condition has been answered? Who knows what will happen to you if your prayer for a better condition has been answered? Where would it be today? You have seen many people, once they are blessing, they are blessed, they don't have any freedom. The first thing they fear, they think about their money. People can come and attack them. They look for security because they are, all high places are slippery places. What about the peace of heart? Jesus said, worry not about tomorrow. Your Father in heaven knows what you need. What God wants you to have is a contented life. And that's the key for a Christian. Contented life. What is contentment? All your need fulfilled with a peace of heart, a peace of mind every day. See, you woke up in the morning. You are in good health. You are here. But many did not wake up this morning. Your heart has been beating right from your mother's womb and you have no control over it. Who did it? God. You breathe freely, you walk freely, you can speak, you can talk, but there are some people that are richer than you. They're in the hospital, they cannot move, cannot move. What I want to say is this one. God allowed this to build humility, total dependence on God for everything in our lives. So suffering is part of life. This world is not our home. It's not perfect. So if you expect to live a life without trouble, without any problem, you are expecting to live in heaven. This is not heaven. And Jesus said, you will have trouble in this world. But take heart, I have overcome. 
He said, I will bless you with tribulation. You want the blessing, but nobody wants tribulation. But Jesus promised you victory. So, don't think you are out of touch. Affliction may come. Trials may come to check your faith, but your faith will not fail. Jesus gave you overcoming victory. So, my sister, you said, we've got to hear my cry. Of course he hears your cry. That's why you are alive today. <laughs> Look, there are many things the Lord has done in your life. You know. He hears your sigh, your sorrow. God hears. When the people of Israel were suffering, God said to Moses, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, I know their affliction. I know. Earth has no pain, no sorrow that heaven does not feel. But if it is the will of God to preserve you, because you know this money can lead you to lose your salvation, God will allow you to go through poverty. And when you recognize as your source, then the blessing will come. And you will never forget your creator. There is a process in everything. God's blessing goes through God's processing. Everything God gives you has to go through the processing. Your salvation. How can you ask for salvation if you don't know the effect of sin in your life? How do you ask for strength if you don't know what weaknesses does? That's faith. Because I'm in need, how much I need God, I run to God for salvation. Now, what you call prosperity, Jesus called it poverty. Because if you are rich financially and you are spiritually poor, you are the poorest person in the sight of God. Because that, that prosperity is stopped at the grave. Where will you spend eternity? Money, prosperity, all the things we see as, as, as visible signs of prosperity, stop at the grave. But the blessing of Christ, eternal life. Peace forever. Joy forever. Prosperity forever. Now, what about your spiritual life? And that's it. What God is concerned about you is your spiritual life first. That's why he allowed many things to happen to your life. Because unfortunately, we can be carried away easily by prosperity. Easily. We pray when we are in trouble. But when money comes, we don't pray. We see many say, God, I give you a promise. I make a promise. But when prosperity comes, they forget their God. And that is it. Please, I want you to understand this. Satan is ready to give you billions of dollars to cause you to lose your faith. He has strategy and tactics. His tactics are to use situation against the believers because you are a believer. That's why he feels the attack. Don't think it's strange to see attack because you are not his friends. Because he see the light in you. He will attack you to cause you to doubt your faith, to doubt your God. The strategy is to use situation against you, people against you, poverty, hardship. And that's his the strategy is to cause you to lose your faith and to abandon your God. He, wants, he doesn't want anybody to go to heaven. His long-term purpose is for you not to go to heaven. That's what he wants. That's why he say, worship me, I will give you money. He will give you temporary things here, but eternal gain. That is it. Mm. It is worry, lust, that causes people to accumulate wealth on earth in complete neglect of eternity. So the question is, what kind of Christian are we? What kind of believers are we? What, are we, what should we believe God for? We should believe God for salvation, eternal life, for peace of heart. The evidence of your faith, my dear brothers and sisters, is peace of heart. Whatever blessing you have without peace, you can never enjoy it. If you have billions of dollars and you have deadly disease, will you enjoy it? You cannot. As, oh my God. Remember the prophet say, what prophet is this? I don't want you to spend a saying, I'm a millionaire, I'm this, and lose your son to perdition. Look at your, your children. Please, when God looked at you, he never see any poor person in you. But he wants you to prosper spiritually. 
first. Once you prosper spiritually, life is in stages. You can see in the life of many. They started little, everything big starts little. And if you are faithful a little, God will give you more. And Jesus said it. It's not my word. It's the Lord. He said, every other thing shall be added unto you. Do not worry what to eat. Do not fear tomorrow. You have one grace to go to the inner room and pray to your father who sees in the secret. When Jesus came here on earth, everything belonged to Christ. But he put on the condition of a servant. Jesus came in humility. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus went to the cross for, for the enemy for everyone. So now, if you are called to leadership in Christianity, humility should be your trademark. When you have humility, pride will not dictate your direction, many quality your direction, but God will dictate what to do in your life. That money you have will never dictate your direction. That money will not sleep in the bank. You will help the needy. You will help people. You will help in those in need around you. That's the purpose of God's blessings. So my sister, that's why we say prayer is not saying words in your heart. That's why Jesus said, Matthew 6, 6, lock your door. Close your mouth. The door is your mouth. And open your heart and God hears the thoughts of your heart and will answer you. God will answer our prayers, not to the letter. But God will give you an equivalent. What do I mean by that? When Paul was tested by tribulation, God never removed the thorn, but God gave him strength to enjoy it. If God wants you to go through the wilderness, he will give you strength and peace of heart. And the point will not overwhelm you. Your situation is an extraordinary situation, not to destroy you, but to draw you closer to God Almighty. If Satan comes to you and afflicts you, you say, Jesus is my Lord. You put him to shame. If God allows you to go through temporary, they suck you. They suck you. They suck you. You say, oh, I don't have any job. What should I do? And you don't see your God in the back. Give thanks to God for the best year to come. If you, if you don't allow Satan to cause you to see your God in the bad light and to glorify your God as Jacob did, I'm telling you promotion is coming. The better is coming. So please, we should not measure our Christian life by the blessings, material blessings. So if your faith is based on classic material reason, that faith has nothing to rest on. Faith is in your heart. And I tell you, prosperity is a reality. Blessing is a reality, but for the purpose of God, for salvation's sake. All the blessing you have is for salvation's sake. So now, does God answer prayers? Yes. My brother, don't look at the others. The Bible says that the wicked can prosper in his own way, but the end will tell. The beginner is the owner, but the finisher. So, my dad, God wants you to prosper spiritually, emotionally, and physically. If you look at your life, you have seen many people that started the journey with you, and they are no more. You have seen people that were in a better position than you. Where are they today? Where are they today? You have one treasure that is precious for God, very precious. We call faith, heavenly currency. That's why God looks at your heart. If a billionaire stands here and you have nothing here, God will put you above the billionaire. The poor widow entered the temple and gave one dime. The rich gave millions, but Jesus praised the poor widow because she gave him faith. It is your heart that gives first. It is your heart that prospers first. It is your heart, your heart, your heart, your spirit. This means seek your spiritual prosperity first. Don't focus on the money, focus on God. When you focus on doing the will of God before you realize it, those things will come naturally. Naturally. You don't look for it. God says, Deuteronomy chapter 28, these are the blessings that will follow you. Not that you seek. When you seek them, last come. And God say, that shall not last. And that's where the trouble is. God has an appointed time for every one of us today. So our suffering is different from others' suffering. You suffer for God's sake. When suffering comes, God will give you strength to enjoy it just for a moment. Job, 
started with sickness, but never ended with sickness. It ended with prosperity from God. Joseph started with slavery, ended up with the position of prime minister of Egypt. Paul has a son, thorn in his flesh, but ended up one of the greatest apostles in the history of the Christian faith. Mention Hannah was barren, she was fruitful. Sarah was barren, she was fruitful. Isaac came. Rebecca was barren. Jacob and Esau came. God will meet you at the point of your weakness before he rewards you for blessings of heaven. So please, God is faithful. God is faithful. Where is your bank? Your heart. What is the heavenly currency? Faith. Heavenly currency. That's what God is doing at first. So please, seek God first. Let your faith rest on God, not on the blessing. Don't measure your relationship with your human being, your wife, your husband with blessing. Even in your marriage. You can't build your marriage on blessing. Never. If the blessing has gone, the marriage is separate. That is not right. That's why there's process, foundation, the heart agrees. When the heart agrees, nothing, poverty, nothing of this can change your mind above your God. So, how do God know that you have faith? How can you glorify God? Your money cannot glorify God. It is when you don't have money and you say, glory be to the name of the Lord. You glorify God. It is when you are in the wilderness, you give thanks to God. You glorify God. It is when you don't have nothing, you continue to love your God more than ever before. You glorify him. So please, understand the way. We should not measure, concentrate on how we are feeling, how we are treated, or how we are doing. How we are feeling because of trouble, how we are doing because you do what act of righteousness and people reward you with evil, and you begin to see them in the bad light. That is not good. So your faith should not be controlled by your feelings, should not be controlled by your good, your good deeds, not controlled by the people do against you. No, should be controlled by God. So please, my answer, my question is this one. What will you do if you are tempted with injustice as a Christian? What will you do? Do you see others as your enemy? Do you see God in a bad light? Job never. Joseph never. Jesus at the cross say, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. So, I want you to understand this secret. The secret of the blessing of God. The first place you need to be to prosper, to be strong, to be blessed, is your spiritual life. If you find yourself murmuring, complaining, means you have problems with your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. If you begin to see God in the bad light, you have, problem, you have to go back to the first class. Life is in order. We should build our relationship with God. We should build our faith, confidence in God. That's true humility. Once you do that, before you realize it, blessing will overflow in your life. Thank you. And, you know, while Rasim was talking, I was just reminded because um, if I look at our, our training under Prophet TB Joshua, I would say maybe 80% of um, the training and the messages and the encouragement we received was about hard times. Why? Because Prophet Hebrew Joshua taught us, Jesus, our Savior, taught us that Jesus refines with affliction. You know, he, he, he uses our trials, our difficulties, our temptations to refine us. What do I mean refine us? Like gold. You know, gold does not become gold until it's refined in the fire, the heat. That's when the impurities come up. So what are the impurities? The impurities, all those, those desires that are not from God. Envy, jealousy, lust, anger, impatience. All, all, these, all these impurities are exposed during hard times, during tribulation. You know, when, when, when things are good, when things are good, even um, you know, a wicked man can seem generous and kind. Mm-hmm. When things are good, you can pretend that everything is, is, is well. Mm-hmm. But it's when times are hard that the real you surfaces. It's when times are hard that the real you comes out. And that is what Jesus wants because it's the real you that serves God. It's the real you that serves Jesus. And that's why it's such an important thing as believers that we should not believe the lie of this generation. 
When I say this generation, I mean this world. This world, the lie that you measure success by your position on the outside. The lie that, that it's all about what you can achieve. Because remember, like Racine said, all these things, they will end at the grave. They will end at the grave. The, the love of God is measured by eternal life. Jesus never came to preach prosperity, uh, just material prosperity. No, Jesus came to preach and to bring the kingdom of God into our hearts. And what is that? That is peace, joy, love in the Holy Spirit. So this is such a key thing for us to understand as believers. And, I be and, and time and time again, we see it that it's just a stumbling block for so many people. People begin to misjudge themselves. People begin to say, I don't have faith, I'm a failure. I don't try hard enough, I'm in sin, that's why I'm having hard times. No, it's a lie. If you are in the will of God and you are obeying God, that hard time, that tribulation, it's to bring you closer to God. It's to promote you. But many of us, we've not received our promotion because we keep going back to the drawing board. We fail to learn through that process. We fail to be refined. We want others to suffer, but we ourselves don't want to suffer. You see, suffering is part of life, just as death is part of life. It's a natural part of life. But remember, as believers, what keeps us from despairing is not what we see, but what we believe. And what do we believe? We believe that Jesus is with us, in us, through us, through it all. And that should be the reason for our joy. Amen? Yes. And I just want to say the final words that we all know that growth, prosperity, blessing is the spirit. So physical growth is a function of time. As you grow, you grow naturally. No effort. That's why the things of the body seem to be so easy. Intellectual growth is a function of learning. You have a role to play. You go to school. You, you struggle. But spiritual growth is a function of obedience to the will of God. Mm. So if you have to prosper spiritually, blessed by God, you have to obey the blessings of obedience by following the way of the Lord, His word. Whether times are good, whether times are hard, surrender to God and the sky will be your limit. In Jesus' name. Amen. And, and always remember, never to compare yourself because when you see that you think people are prospering, you don't know what they're going through in their heart, in their heart of hearts. Mm. When they're alone, you don't know how they they're end their life. I remember one of the first messages I heard from Prophet T.B. Joshua in a Sunday service was, you know, don't envy people that you see prospering that are not believers. Their end is certain. <laughs> That's why he said, where they're going, it, it's, not, it's not where you're going. So remember, it's all about eternal life with Jesus. And, and, and life with Jesus is joy. It's joy. That's, that's what it's all about. So it's not a reason for us to be, be discouraged. There's a greater reason for us to be encouraged. Amen. So thank you so much for those questions from the heart. And uh, we really believe that this has brought a, a heartfelt joy to our hearts that Jesus is with us through it all. Amen.